Take some time to learn about what this is doing. Take some time to learn that we are all Alabamians, that this affects all of us and that this is our home. I mean, this is our home too. Part of the reason why I wanted to stay in Alabama because it is my home. This is where I was born. This is where I was raised. Um, and, and I love Alabama. And I know that we are so much better and we are so much more capable of good um, and hospitality and generosity. And um, I just know that we're better than this. So it's really disappointing to see that that, is, that the, this is the kind of stuff that we end up coming up with. this week uh, you know we've stopped and started now four or five different times because the production here is just insane uh but uh, this is alabama politics this week your favorite uh, your favorite weekly alabama politics podcast uh it's i am josh moon and i will not this week take over the introductions again as i did last <laughs> week so i hope i co-host this show with David Person. There we go. There we go. I didn't. I didn't trample so gonna, anybody. You're going to have people thinking that I've got a clause in my contract or something that calls for me to <laughs> no, introduce no, I, uh, myself. I got. I got. Uh, I got a couple of messages uh, last week that were essentially and during Black History Month too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking on eggshells this week. I'm walking on eggshells. Um, but, uh, you know, listen, we got a good one. Uh, we got a good one. Uh, yeah. Representative Neil Rafferty is going to join us to talk about the awfulness that was the week in uh, uh, the Alabama legislature. Um, and, and his he gave a couple of good uh, floor speeches that were, uh, you know, uh, very impassioned, I would say, uh, floor speeches. And uh, not that they did any good. Uh, they, they very rarely do. Uh, you know, we say the same thing to, to Chris England all the time, who gets up and just absolutely quietly shreds uh, the people who are putting forth these idiotic bills. Uh, and uh, it's, you know, but it never does any good. They just vote it through anyway, because that's who they are. Um, but uh, outside of that, well, we got a good show. Uh, we're going to yeah. uh, to start today with a sports controversy. Uh, the Oakwood Adventist Academy. I- I'm correct in that, right? O- Oakwood yeah. Adventist Academy. Uh, yeah. David wrote a fantastic column uh, today that's in the APR, which y'all check it out, alreporter.com. Yes, uh, check out his his work there. It is really, really good. Um, and, and which, you know, I knew this to be the case uh, before, uh, but... Um, I didn't know until I read the column just how much you really, really agreed with and and is re- really kind of, I would say, a huge supporter of Kay Ivey. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, it's good to see you two guys uh, go, pu- going public with that relationship. Um, uh, and so... <laughs> Uh, no, not true. Not true. <laughs> there, there, there was some agreement there this week, but uh, yeah. you know, I think this was an easy one to agree with. I, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so if you're unfamiliar, uh, Oakwood Adventist Academy is uh, is a private school uh, located uh, near Huntsville, and um, they were in the uh, basketball regionals 
that were that were being played. Were were, were they at Wallace? Is that where this where they were being played? Uh, was that, I thought it was at Jackson State. I thought it, it, it may have been at Jacksonville. Yeah, it yeah. may have been at Jacksonville, and uh, it was one of those two. That's where the, the North Alabama area is split. One goes to Wallace, another one goes to Jacksonville State. So I, I wasn't sure which one they were at, uh, but they uh, they do not because of their religious beliefs. They do not play from sundown to sundown Friday Saturday. Right. That That's correct? right. That's okay. right. So, so yeah. sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. They they cannot participate uh, in any activities, uh, including sports. And so they were going to have to forfeit their game, or or because they played at four thirty, and then there was a game at seven thirty, and sundown on Saturday would have fallen somewhere around the five thirty ish area. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have swapped places with the later game, the later game. Um, and, uh, they went to the, both teams participating in that later game and said, Hey, you know, here's, here's our issue. Would you mind swapping and playing a little earlier? And they were like, nah, what the hell ever, you know, we don't care Four thirty, seven thirty, same thing for us. All the same floor, the, you know, as they did on Hoosiers, uh, the, t- the, the goals are still <laughs> 10 feet off the floor and 15 feet from the free throw line. Everybody's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, but then they went to the HSAA and said, Hey, We've talked to them. They're cool with swapping. We're just going to swap these games. And the AHSAA said, eh, no, I don't think so. Uh, we, we can't allow that to happen. Um, and so they forced them to forfeit. Mm-hmm. And that's when controversy ensued. Exactly. Uh, and rightfully so. I mean, yeah. you know, look, I... All right, so I, I'm a, I'll let you talk about your column, and but I, I want to say one other thing because I, I do have a history with the HSAA and with this particular uh, ruling, and as a matter of fact, some 15 years ago, oh. I used the Adventist religion in a column that I wrote about a decision that the HSAA was making. And and asked you know what would happen if this were the case, and wow. so I, I okay. listen. I don't want to say I'm well beyond my my wise beyond my years, but I'm wise beyond my years, and so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and humble. Um, but <laughs> I, I, you know, I just want to say it. I, it sparked so much anger in people. I think because it was so stupid. Okay, Mm -hmm. I understand following rules. I understand all that was there. And I know some of the background that that went on behind the scenes of this and why they made the decision that they did. Uh, And I like a lot of the people that made the decision. I just happen to disagree with them. Um, But there was a way to let kids play a game that didn't hurt anybody, didn't cause any real problems for anybody. And you didn't let the kids play the game. You know, and and that's my biggest issue is you just didn't use common sense and just let the kids play the game. And so, you know, but your your column was it was was great. And, uh, you know, it just it just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks. Thanks for that. And I and I'm and and we're going to have to circle back because I want to hear how you uh, how you addressed uh, this uh, situation 15 years ago that you talked about. But. But let me just say, in terms of my column, uh, my main premise is that, um, you know, we purport to be a state where we respect, you know, religious, what what people commonly call religious liberties. Mm -hmm. And so this is a question of religious liberty in my mind. You know, I I am a Seventh-day Adventist, as I've said on the podcast. So I have a lot of... um, 
I guess I'll say I have a lot of buy-in in terms of uh, the thought process from the Seventh-day Adventist side. Mm -hmm. Now, um, you know, um, I, I would say that you know, there are to be, you know, completely transparent. And I alluded to this, or I didn't say it as explicitly as I'm, I'm about to say it now. But, I mean, there are Seventh-day Adventist parents who have decided that their their children can play mm-hmm. on Saturday in competitive sports. So, you know, there's diversity of thought on this and how people choose to address it. But this... This group of young people and their parents and 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 even more so this institution, Oakwood Adventist Academy, uh, they decided to adhere to the traditional ideas that the church, the Adventist church, has espoused for virtually its entire existence about you know, what can be done on the Sabbath and what can't be. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a religious issue. It's a religious freedom issue. And I would say even more importantly than that, it wasn't going to inconvenience anybody. Like you said, all of the other coaches that were going to be affected, they all bought in and said, oh yeah, sure, fine. We can work with you. So Mm -hmm. then the question becomes, and this is where I applaud Governor Ivey, the question becomes then why the the uh, high school athletic association for our state not only not uh, try to accommodate this religious belief, you know, not only not respect the wishes of the other coaches to accommodate this religious belief, but then they also didn't explain why they wouldn't do it. Yeah, it's just very bizarre, very well, strange, and I applaud the governor for weighing in to try to get to the heart of what what was going on here because ultimately yeah. we're talking about religious accommodation we're talking about i think a sense of fairness mm-hmm. and and team play and we're also talking about as you said Josh young people yeah yeah it's and, and, and so i know you know and i i won't get into to exactly how i know uh but i know their reasonings at the HSA uh, now, this I'm not saying I agree with them. I'm just saying, telling you I know what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and their reasoning is, is that they have received in the past a number of requests to alter game times, switch games, move games, uh, allow players to do this or that because of religious reasons, um, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be Adventist or others uh, that uh, that want to move things around. And they have historically just flatly denied those things. They said, this is our, these are our rules. Um, you know, when you sign up, you're going to have to adhere to our rules. And they specifically, when Oakwood went to them and said, we would like to participate in 2017, they went to them and said, we would like to be part of the AHSAA. Uh, they had the opportunity to play in either the AISA or the AHSAA. Um, and they wanted to play with the, you know, the state run organization. And the, uh, the state went to them uh, and said, here are our rules. We're not going to bend them for your religious beliefs on Saturday. We play a lot of games on Saturdays. If this is a problem for you, you're either going to have to forfeit the games or you're, you're not going to, you need to go and play somewhere else. Uh, We're not going to be moving things around. Um, And they said, okay, the, they took it to the attorneys and the attorneys said, well, I don't know if that's good enough uh, for that. Let's take the, let's make up a specific document for them 
and go get them to sign this agreement. And so they made up a specific agreement for Oakwood about playing because they're, you know, so much of it is about playing on Saturday. And they have, there are mm-hmm. so many events in, in high school athletics that are played on Saturday. And so they took it back to them. They continued to agree and sign the document and put it in. And so the HSAA said, listen, there's, you know, you, you, we've signed this. We've denied other people. If we do this, it's going to open up the floodgates for us to do it in the future. We're just not going to do it. We're going to turn it down uh, and not do it. Now that said, and as I told my friends at the HSA, mm-hmm. switch the game. <laughs> switch right. the right. game. You got, there's nothing. Don't talk about it. Don't say anything to anybody about it. Don't explain why you changed it. Just say we've had a game switch. Everybody involved can switch the damn game. And if it gets out in public at some point in the near future, you can say, well, we did it for another reason. You know? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Just switch the game and let the kids play the stupid basketball game. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and that and because it drives me nuts with with oh, grown people in youth sports. Oh, it, they drive me insane, uh, you know, with their stupid rules and getting involved in it. But my argument is always with adults on things like this is always what will the kids do? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what the kids would do. The kids would change the damn game. <laughs> They'd yeah. have gone on and played, yeah. you know? Yeah. They'd have yeah. changed the game. And it's that way with so many of these little things that happen in little leagues and other places. If you just left it to the kids to solve, they'd solve the thing and go on about their business and it'd be over. But, so, you know. So, and, and so, Josh, to, to go to your point, because they didn't choose the simplest solution. Mm-hmm. What they have done is given life to a story. Now we're we're going on now a whole week almost yep. of talking about this. You yep. know, newspaper stories or or website stories, TV stories, not just in Alabama, but outside of Alabama. CNN yep. has CNN has picked it up. This. Yeah, Newsweek yeah. has picked it up. Yeah, and now the next thing that's going to happen is when the team goes to visit the governor which is probably, I think, supposed to happen either this week or next week. I'm, I'm not sure when. Mm-hmm. But when they go to visit the governor, then it's going to give more life to the story, yep. bring more scrutiny to this bad decision, and it's going to make them look ridiculous, yeah. even more so in the eyes of the nation as well as the state. And people are going to ask the logical questions, which are, okay, you're saying it's going to open the floodgates. Well, what are the floodgates? You know, what are the floodgates? What does that really mean? Well, you know, me that's something you. you toss out there, but what does that really mean? Well, let me tell you um, where the floodgate should open. All right. So I mentioned that I have a history here with this. Yeah. So back in, and there are probably some people who remember this, back in, I believe it was 2007. If it was, if it was not 2007, it was pretty close to that time. Uh, that was in the heyday of Rush Probst at Hoover High School, you know, and they had the, I don't know if you recall them having their own little reality show on t- on MTV. Uh, I believe it was Two Days was the name of it. Uh, and they mm, were following the, the. Okay. I wasn't yeah, a big MTV the, watcher back then, though. Well, I mean, it, it was, I knew about it because I covered sports at the time uh, mm-hmm. for the Montgomery mm-hmm. Advertiser. This was a huge deal in the sports world in this state because you had a high school team that was basically being uh, uh, subject to a week to week documentary show uh, on MTV, you know, and so uh, you, you had a lot of attention being paid to this. Well, um, 
Hoover, of course, gained a lot of national attention and a lot of national prominence because they were a very good team because Rush Probst was cheating his ass off and recruiting players left and right over there. Um, and they were being invited to a number of games uh, around the country to participate in. And mm-hmm. it is around that same time that ESPN began their high school kickoff uh, little games where they would have they would televise some uh, nationally some high school games uh, among the the you know, the country's best teams. And Hoover was invited to participate in a Labor Day weekend um, game in Ohio that was going to be played on a Sunday. And under HSAA rules, you don't play on Sundays. If you do, you got a request to play on Sundays. And the uh, executive director at the time denied that request which was going to cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they were pretty angry about it. And there were a number of stories about it. And the executive director at the time, who's Dan Washburn, uh, said the reason why we don't play on Sunday is Sunday is a day of worship. <laughs> um, and so I said, this is ridiculous. Uh, you know, and I wasn't alone. Uh, uh, the, I believe Cecil Hurt wrote a column. Uh, somebody from the Tuscaloosa News wrote a column, and, and we published them on the same day. I remember that. Uh, that and it basically said, "This isn't you. You can't govern public schools this way. Um, you know, w- th- there should not be a rule against playing on Sundays simply because of of religious beliefs, which is mm-hmm. all there is. There's no other reason not to play on Sunday other than mm-hmm. religious beliefs. There's no reason." Outside, outside of that. And so, you know, Washburn then later tried to back off and say he wasn't he wasn't talking about, you know, he was saying it was a day of rest, not a day of worship. He just misspoke. And uh, well, even still, it's still, it's still a religious reason, you moron. Uh, it you is. That's exactly get me fired and everything, man. That's exactly the verbiage that people use in religious circles, whether they're talking about Saturday yep. or Sunday. So that's a hundred. You're a hundred percent right. And so, <laughs> and I wrote a column, and in the column I said, "Okay, well, if we're going to start out down this religious road, where where do we draw the line? Are do we are we not going to play football games on Saturdays because Seventh Day Adventists don't don't participate in games on Saturdays? Can we can we stop some games?" You know, where where do we go with this? And, you know, of course, oh, he was so angry. Uh, boy, he was mad. He, he called my publisher at the time. and He was really, really upset. And, uh, uh, you know, and was just he got one of his friends to write another column, essentially calling me a heathen, and uh, which is true. I mean, but, you know, still. Uh, so I couldn't sue him or anything. Uh, but uh, it was for defamation. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. You know, truth is the ultimate defense. Uh, so uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's. So, yeah, I mean, I'm saying I and this is what I was telling some of the people there that, uh, this this past week. You if somebody goes back and finds these and they're findable, you're going to have a lawsuit on your hands over this stuff, you know, and you got you need to take that out because it's still in the rule book. Now, the rule book states that to play on Sundays, you must receive permission. Why? The hell you need permission to play on a Sunday for, you know, right. uh, uh, there, there's no reason. Uh, but. That's other than religion, there's no reason. And so you can't then make these other religions toe a line that you're not making. It's not even another religion. It's another denomination of the same religion, you know? That's right. And and so it just, that's my problem. Be consistent with what you're doing. And most of all, most of all, just do what's in the best interest of the kids. 
and stop mm-hmm. acting like you're running a Fortune 500 company here or some nonsense. Just mm-hmm. do what's let the kids play the stupid game. It's not yeah. it's not hard. It just that's why I, so my biggest problem with all this, uh, maybe beyond the you know the unfairness of some of it, is it's just just you, you're you're making this way harder than it needs to be, man. Just do yep. what the kids would do and be done with it. But and again, it makes it it just makes it look the the longer it goes on. <clears throat> the more it's discussed, mm-hmm. the weaker your position looks, the more stupid you look, and the more people are going to ultimately question the competency of the very entity that's supposed to be running this whole thing. Yep. You know, because again, they've made something an issue that should not have been an issue from the beginning. You know, just yeah. just choose the choose the easier path. I mean, why why not? I mean, what's <laughs> the if if people are all in, it would be different. To me, it would have been different. If some of the coaches had said, oh, well, yeah, we can't do it, or there's a reason why we don't want to do it because of, you know, it'll be a hardship on our athletes or mm-hmm. hardship on our program. Or so, well, then that's that's a different story in yeah. my mind. That's yes. a different story. Yeah. But they all said, oh, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. They were all like, yeah, our earlier game, we get home earlier on a Saturday. Sure. We're all yeah. for that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, they were, I mean, nobody, nobody cared at all. Nobody, I mean, it wasn't like they were going to, there was no competitive advantage gained by anybody. There was no nothing. And it just, it's just so, it's just so stupid. You know, I mean, it really is. It's just, a, it's, I'll tell you how dumb it is. It's so dumb that you put Kay Ivey on the right side of it. Okay. You put <laughs> Kay Ivey and Mo Brooks on the right side of things. And that's, Oh, you did know, Mo weigh in on it too? Oh, Mo was off. Yeah, you, well, you, are you kidding? Of course, of course he did. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> yeah, Mo. Yeah, yeah. All of us and Mo now agree on something. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that's how obvious it is. That's how yeah. obvious the reason is here, all right? or the right answer is. So yeah, uh, yeah. All right. So, let's, um, so before we oh, go, let me let yeah. me ask you a quick question about this. Um, <clears throat> you saw the governor's letter. Yeah. to the high school athletic uh, association, whatever it's called. All right. What do you think the outcome of that letter is going to be? Nothing. Because that's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Okay. It's a grandstanding thing. I mean, okay. honestly, God, you know, I mean, you, listen, let me tell you how the, the real world, well, I'm not you specifically, but mm. because I know, you know, but I mean, let me tell you how the real world works in, in this. Okay. If she actually wanted an answer or she wanted to hold, try to hold somebody accountable, she would have called over there. Uh, mm. and, and had Alvin Briggs, who's the head executive director or somebody come over to the governor's office and they would have talked about it, or she would have gone to the legislature and tried to pass some sort of legislation. Now, the problem that you have, and this is the other reason why it's going to do nothing. Um, the problem that you have is Alabama is a, uh, historically racist state. And so, uh, federal courts have had to do certain things to prevent us from being very, very racist. Mm. One of those things was established the high school athletic association as a separate entity there to govern games in a non-racist way. Um, and so they fall outside of the purview of the legislature and outside of the purview of the governor's office. They have no input, no impact, no nothing. They are they are established by a federal court uh, order um, uh, there to, to govern high school athletics. And so they govern high school athletics how they see fit to govern them. And there's nothing, I mean, the, the legislature can control the, the schools themselves uh, and pass some laws about things. That's why when you see um, when they get into fights with the with the AHSAA or stuff, they'll pass a law that punishes the high schools if they do certain things. It was like mm-hmm. with the transgender athletes bill uh, a few uh, like last year, year before last. 
Uh, that bill didn't force the AHSAA to change its rules. What it did was uh, punish schools that participated in contests with transgender athletes. So, uh, or in states that allowed, that was one of the big sticking points on that bill, was it it, uh, it prevented, it then punished them from participating in states where they allow transgender athletes to compete. And mm. that was going to bar every high school in the state from attending the national cheerleading competition that was taking place in Orlando, Florida that year. And mm. let me tell you this, from experience, mm-hmm. having once criticized cheerleading as not a real sport, <laughs> you don't want those cheer moms coming after you, okay? <laughs> they still send me emails. Still. About <laughs> this was probably longer ago than the thing with Hoover, and they still send me emails about it. <laughs> they have long memories, huh? Oh, they don't mess around. I mean, it'll just be like, and it'll be related to something else, and it'll just be like, just like cheerleading wasn't a sport, right, asshole? And, it's, you know, it's just... <laughs> I'm like, damn, still? You still hold on to that, huh? I mean, it's just, it happens once a year at least. And really? uh, I mean, it's, and sometimes it'll be a couple of times. And I mean, they're really funny to me. They, they, and I, I'm pretty sure the people are, 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 they know they're being funny, but it's, it, they are really, really hilarious sometimes. But yeah, I mean, still, so have, still to this day. Have you changed your position on cheerleading, Josh? No, it's still not a sport. <sighs> <laughs> But but you would agree that it it has. Uh, oh, I'll tell you this. I'll say this. It's more of a sport than soccer, though. So, ooh, Josh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah, I got to get hate mail over that one too. Buddy. Oh, oh. Let me tell you. I criticized soccer one time as one of the most boring sports in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, I I ended up to cut off the not the flow of hate mail that was coming my way. I had to go out and play soccer with a bunch of 10 year old girls on a Saturday and let the Montgomery advertiser film me doing it so they could put me, put it up on there. So people could, I guess, make fun of me and it would make them feel better about it. Uh, but I mean, this went on forever. I, and that's <laughs> where I did not plan this, but we were, play, we were out there playing uh, soccer with these girls <laughs> And man, I just creamed one right in the head. I mean, it was just a, oh, oh no. I kicked a ball and it just went bam right off the side of her noggin, man. Uh, she shook it off and was like, it was fine. But oh, I thought, I thought that's all I need. Uh, now I've, I've put yep. some girl in concussion protocol. And, and so that'll be <laughs> in addition to the. Uh, well, I, I, I'm going to say on the cheerleading thing, I think that's hilarious, first of all. Uh, but secondly, uh, Cheerleaders are absolutely athletes. I don't know. They're how you say they're not. I'm saying I, I said that cheerleading was not a sport. All right. They, they want to talk about cheerleading as a sport and, and give some. I can't even remember what the argument was about, but there was some huh. there was some argument that was taking place about cheerleading being a sport and being recognized for X or this or that or whatever. Or maybe it was scholarships or something. And I was like, they're not. They're not. They bring nothing. If they weren't there, they you wouldn't. Nobody would care. All right. It's it's not. If it's nice to have them, I guess. But you know, it doesn't change the outcome of games. Uh, you know, you're there for at a football game. You're there for the football game. You're not there for the cheerleaders. 
And that was my point. Now I have a daughter, and I'm sure that that position will continue to evolve (laughs) over the course. (laughs) (laughs) And here in 10 years, I will be telling you how much cheerleading is a sport, and those girls Uh deserve full scholarships. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure you will. (laughs) Yeah. Any day now. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, they're they're absolutely athletes. I I mean, I get your point. I get your Mm -hmm. point about the the competitive or the lack of competitive. No, don't let me drag you down into this. Well, I'm just saying, I, I I do get that. I get that part of it, but there, I think, I think what people probably were reacting to is that you were demeaning maybe the athleticism of what they do. Nah. Yeah. I I think they were, uh, you know, they were just upset because I might've said something bad about their babies. And and, uh, and And I understand. Listen, you say something bad about my babies. I'll write you a mean letter too. And that's fine. That's fine. Everybody's (laughs) cool. I'm cool with everybody. It's, uh, I mean, but it is, it is funny to get that even, you know, I see you're still wrong. You loser. You know, it's just, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just want to let you know, my, my daughter got a full scholarship. (laughs) <laughs> she's now a doctor I hope she doesn't treat you one day you know it's... <laughs> so you yeah. need physical therapy and uh, oh yeah. you're that Josh Moon oh yeah still think it's not a sport huh let me tell you how much of a sport it is I'm just yeah yeah that's that would be my luck alright uh, now that I've further alienated pretty much everybody uh, let me uh, this thanks David appreciate it uh, let me uh <laughs> Let me slide out of here. All right, uh, we'll be back in a minute with uh, Representative Neil Rafferty, Alabama Politics. I'm David Person with Alabama Politics this week. You know, you listen to me and Josh every week, and we have a blast as we talk about Alabama politics and culture, and as we interview newsmakers and journalists about Alabama politics and culture. Thanks for your support of this great podcast, and I hope that you will continue to not only listen, but to share it with your friends and also give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it. Thanks a lot. Welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week, Josh Moon, David Person. Uh, we are happy now uh, to have uh, with us Representative Neil Rafferty. And, I, man, it's it, this had to have been one of the worst weeks um, that that I can recall. Well, I'll say this. one of That's probably the worst calendar I've seen in a long, long time. That three-bill calendar that went through the House, uh, that limited debate, the whole deal. Um, that was one of the worst things I've seen. So yeah. uh, f- thank you for, for joining us. And, and also thank you for, for your service, I guess, uh, um, uh, to, to what went on this, this past week too, man. Yeah. Um, you know, so when I first got down to Montgomery, I was, you know, pretty happy, go lucky, like, Hey, we're going to do this. I can appeal to reason. I can appeal to, to, uh, to logic, I can per- be persuasive with argument and the facts and research. Um, oh, kids! Oh, kids! I yeah. know, right? And then yeah. you, you know, you know, there's always growing pains, and no matter what profession you take up, this is yep. uh, there were certainly ones here. Now, the the my first experience with one of these quote unquote cloture calendars, which I don't even think 
is a very appropriate term, but they're using it proudly and, and loudly uh, now. Mm-hmm. So, but it was last year, actually, when they had five bills back to back, all of them very similar. Actually, the, the, the protest bill was on, on that cloture calendar. Um, and they didn't, it wasn't, they didn't limit the debate. That's the big difference between that calendar and this one is that they came out with the new rules saying, Hey, there's only going to be two hours of debate here, or there's no BIR. We don't even get to vote on the, you know, debate the amendments. We didn't even know what the amendments were. So all these people who are, yay, yay, you know, because their that bill got passed because they think they got something through might want to take a closer look at some of those amendments because they might be a little disappointed about what about yeah. what the bill actually does now. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's just, true, uh, man, because they didn't know. They didn't know what some of them did. Yeah, right. Um, hmm. I, I mean, I didn't. I didn't even get to look at them. They didn't even they didn't even provide us copies of them for all I know. So, I mean, wow. I, I have that's, no I mean, I could look way to govern, man. maybe they are in there. But, you know, the amendments say delete line here, insert this word. So you have to actually go through piece by piece. And make sure you're reading the whole bill as a whole with these new amendments in it. But yeah, I would say that probably a lot of these folks have no idea that they just, uh, you know, what 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 they just voted on. Um, so but here a, we are. I mean, whatever happened, this is what ended up happening. So I guess um, I mean, first of all, that's a hell of a way to govern. Uh, but, um, you know, it's um, what what. When you look back at it, you think, what do you think will will stick out to you the most? What do you think that you'll, yeah? Because I mean, I heard I heard some of the things that you said um, uh, on the floor, and um, and I thought they were, uh, you know, I thought they were great. But uh, you know, of course, they uh, they fall on deaf ears uh, because most people aren't even paying attention. Uh, But it's what do you think you'll remember most about this week? I mean. As with any kind of a situation where they just cloture debate, I understand if we've gone on for hours and hours and hours on the same one, everyone's gotten their chance to speak and we're just kind of talking in circles and they want to go on a cloture. I understand that. But the thing that I would take away from this experience is that the people of Alabama were not properly represented. Um, simple as that. Uh, we just were not, you know, Everybody down there is duly elected by the, the, the people within their districts to represent their people. Um, so when you limit debate, you're only allowing so many people to be able to uh, only a certain segment of the, the population to be able to go up there and speak. Um, even when there was dissent, uh, and this is <clears throat> what I heard now, even when there was dissent on uh, the Republican side, of issues, particularly with the permitless carry, they just were not calling those people up to the uh, up to the mic um, or up to the well. So they, you know, get to pick and choose who's going to go up there and who's going to speak. Um, and of course, you know, as opposed to like letting everyone who might be an opponent to a bill go up and, and really voice their opponent, then they also had other folks that would come down, fill up a whole 10 minutes of fluff of just like, thank you so much for bringing this bill. This bill's so great. Um, I have this, this problem because I love the police, even though we did just in the last, in the last bill, we just screwed the police, but I love the police. Uh, and with this bill, um, and then, you know, coming back and then saying, you know, 
Well, I think a lot of interesting things have been said today. Uh, you know, you know, I have a couple of daughters and blah, blah, blah. And just, you know, all these straw men, these boogeymen mm-hmm. that don't exist, that are not real problems. Um, and or if they are a real problem, for instance, with HB322, the sponsor sitting there talking about, um, you know, dealing with the issue of rape and sexual assault in bathrooms. Uh, yeah, of course, that's terrible. Uh, I would say one rape is enough to do something about that. Um, but the problem is, is that this bill does nothing to address that actual issue. It's just dress, dressing it up under this paternalistic, you know, um, bigotry, for lack of a better word, just to, to, to target, you know, transgender students. Uh, I mean, that that's really all it is. There's ways to accommodate it um, that don't have to be controversial and that you don't have to use in order to gain your your cheap political points, as I pointed out last night. You know, and normally I'm not some guy that goes out there and, and says things like that. Like, I'm not going to go down to the well and, and and call names, but I have to I have to speak the truth. Um, and when I see it being when I see that this is just a cheap political trick to distract us. Um, from the real problems Alabamians are facing, then that's where I have to go down. You know, you feel compelled to go down and have to say something. Um, you can't just let it go by. You can't just sit and, and, and not say anything. You can't call, not call it out. You have to do something about it. That's part of my job. That's right. why, um, you know, my constituents elected me to office was to speak the truth and was to call them out when it was warranted to call them out. Right. Um, so, so Neil, let me ask you a couple of questions. One uh, goes to what you were just talking about the, uh, the transgender bill as a person who is part of the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you sit there and you watch the state legislature that even though you're a part of it, you are also a citizen of the state. So you are represented by this very body yourself. As you sit there and watch them uh, codify bigotry, codify discrimination, as a member of that community, what runs through your mind? How do you process being part of that body uh, with what they're doing? I mean, I so th- there's a couple of things, and, and I'll try to start off with what I think. What goes through my head is um, just that they don't identify me as trans, or they don't identify it as it attacking my community, because they might not identify me as trans for one. So, which I'm not trans. But right. and somebody right. asked me one time, why do you care so much about these issues? And I said, because it's the LGBTQ community. They are part of my community. Um, and it is my duty and obligation to stand up for them and to, you know, as long as there's not another trans, a trans person in the legislature, which would be great to have, um, then that, that's what part of my part of what I need to do is. Now, <clears throat> as a body and talking about what goes through my head as I'm sitting there trying to process what all this is. It just feels kind of disrespectful, I guess, in a way. Um, There was much more going on in my head there 
Well, I, I if I can, I'll, I'll do a quick follow up. Maybe this will help a little bit. Um, I I would assume that you've got to feel okay. I you know, as an African American person, I can imagine if I were sitting there while they were talking about critical race theory, which of course is a fiasco, the way they talk about it, or okay. or the bill that was just passed, the anti rioting bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, another another sort of fiasco in my mind and, and a big, something that's bigoted. Um, I can imagine that I would feel very conflicted. I can imagine that I would feel uh, a measure of anger. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine I would feel perhaps a level of sadness and frustration. Yep. And, and depending upon what was being said by whom I might want to punch somebody in the face, even though I wouldn't do it. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, you just kind of have to, to pull that back. You, like I said, you do feel disrespected. You do feel like your community is being um, trampled on, that they are being used as a political football, that these people don't even won't even take the time to really understand what, uh, you know, transgender youth um, and their families have to go through and deal with. Um, it's like. And being. Well, it just it, it's very frustrating. Yeah, it's very frustrating um, that people will not listen to the truth here. It's just a matter of scoring political points with a with a with, with their with a with a base that needs to be educated on the issue. Just take some time to learn about what this is doing. Take some time to learn that we are all Alabamians, that this affects all of us and that this is our home. I mean, this is our home too. Part of the reason why I wanted to stay in Alabama because it is my home. This is where I was born. This is where I was raised. Um, and, And I love Alabama. And I know that we are so much better and we are so much more capable of good um, and hospitality and generosity. And um, I just know that we're better than this. So it's really disappointing to see that that that, that this is the kind of stuff that we end up coming up with um, when, like I said, we have real people suffering from healthcare crises to educational disparities um, to uh, lack of access to opportunity um, to discrimination. I mean, we have real problems that are palpable. Um, You can meet people that experience and have to live and endure those problems every single day, but we don't deal with them um, in any real serious manner. What we do is we'll do a couple little piecemeal things here, piecemeal fixes, um, but we won't actually address the systemic systemic issue. Um, We won't try to educate ourselves on what uh, the issues really are and what they're really doing. Um, you know, I really tried to meet my Republican colleagues, you know, all my colleagues, uh, where they're at, wherever it is that they're at and, and try to work with them to understand right. where they're coming from, understand where they're coming from, and then be able to see if there's compromise, if there's a way to move forward that way. Um, I just asked for the same kind of due respect, uh, to me, I would say, <clears throat> Uh, that I, I, it's just very, it's just very, very frustrating. Mm-hmm. You know, 
something that often gets said mm-hmm. is oh the the LGBTQ community is trying to push an agenda, uh, all this other stuff. Uh, our agenda is just to be left the hell alone. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Just leave us the hell alone. Uh, that's all we're asking. We're not asking for. Um, the world. We're not asking for anything else. Just similar to my Black Caucus colleagues. They're not asking for the world. They're asking for opportunity that has been denied to them for generations. Um, So it's just it's just bizarre that they think that this is some special liberal agenda when all we're talking about is actual freedom, is actual liberty, and actually just respecting our right to exist, live, and (laughs) <laughs> enjoy our lives uh, here in this great state. Well, it says a lot about, I think, the the status and standing of a certain group of people when the equality of others is just a step too far for them, um, you know, and, um, uh, and, and that's what we're talking about here, uh, because I got to say that I think one of the most hateful, um, discriminatory, harmful things that I have ever heard was said during this debate on this. And it came from a certified moron, uh, Andrew Sorrell, who, is, uh, who represents the Florence area, um, who went on a tangent about there being a transgender male in his daughter's school and how he would not allow his daughter to attend that school uh, with them. It, I mean, you can legitimately replace that transgender male with black, Jewish, um, uh, gay, and it, it it's on the same level, man. And, and you're just the only thing, except for this, when you when we talk about those groups of people, none of them are at more risk for bullying and for suicide than the than the transgender community is out there. And how you can stand there and do that. To those kids that you know, I don't care how you feel about them. I don't care how, what you believe or what you don't believe, but how you could stand there and know that you are furthering the risk to those kids committing suicide or doing damage to their psyche. It's beyond me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, it, maybe it's just a, a total lack of compassion, um, a total lack of even attempting to, to have empathy. As, as what it is to be um, uh, another, if you will, in this state. Now, you know, and me as a, as a, as a white man here, you know, I was always able to, to hide, I mean, I can hide the, the, my, my gayness if I need to, right? Like I don't have to tell folks that, um, but transgender folks, they can hide, but it's a very painful thing for them to be able to do. And of course, uh, you know, African-Americans can't do that at all. So I think there's just an absolute lack of compassion, a lack of even the desire to have empathy um, for what that is. And but, but let me say this about my about my black colleagues, my black caucus colleagues. They might not understand everything. Not all of them might. What am I trying to say here? Some of them might not have the words to really uh stick up and some of them might have a, might not have the terminology to talk about the transgender community but what they do do have is they know discrimination when they see it 
Um, you know, we, you don't, I don't have to talk to them about that issue. Uh, they understand almost intrinsically that, it, you know, that they have to go out um, and they stand by my side and fight this issue, even if they don't always have the same uh, experience with the trans community that yeah. I might have. You know, I'll say this, you know, I went to a victory fund thing uh, up in D.C. in December. And I uh, and Barney, uh, Barney Frank. Right. So the first openly gay congressman mm. was the person that was up there. And he said something <clears throat> that really touched me deeply um, as mm. he was giving his talk, because he yeah. said the Black Caucus always had my back. He didn't have to explain anything. It feels very similar. It, it, it listen, it's, um, you know, it's just a simple matter. I think you said, right. You, 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 it's a simple matter of compassion. And, and empathy. And and I understand people having different perspectives and different viewpoints and not understanding things and, and all this. You know, I, I get it, man. It's you know, I understand that it's it's a um, it, it's a foreign idea and concept for me. I don't I don't have I don't know any transgender person that I'm that I'm aware of uh, in my life. And, and so it's a, it's not something that I'm familiar with. It's not a lifestyle that I, that I know or, or, or understand necessarily. But what I do understand is, is I don't want any harm to be to come to that person. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, I just want them to be OK. And, and what the hell do I care? You know, mm-hmm. if you know, what do I care about that? And, and what is this nonsense about the bathroom? Are there guards at the bathroom? What are you talking about? You know, I mean, what the hell are y'all doing in the bathroom anyway? You know, right. it just uh, and so I just to me, it's just a there are a lot of people that we have in our government who shouldn't be in our government because they're not smart enough to be in our government. They don't, they're not smart enough to have or care enough to have actual conversations that, that could address this issue that could address these things in a, in a manner that is both respectful for the, the people on the other side of it and respectful to their positions. And, and that you could meet, a, you could have common ground, but that's not what we're interested in. It doesn't no. sound we're interested. We're interested in the politics of division and distraction. Hmm. Uh, look over here, what's going on, so I can do all this stuff over here without you really paying too much attention. And let me credit you, Neil, for and and the last time you were on with us, it was pretty obvious to me that you you have, I think, the right sensibility when it comes to the black community. You you appreciate the complexity of uh, the history of the community as it relates to uh, gender. Uh, issues and sexual identity issues and sexual preference issues. So I want to commend you for continuing to uh, to try to be a uh, a bridge and a liaison, and and I and and for being patient because you know some of this as we talked about last time, some of it is generational. Honestly, some of the challenges are generational when you talk about. Uh, you know, some of the black community not having the language or the or being able to articulate the concepts, but they do understand discrimination. You know, yeah. they understand that. So uh, thanks for your patience on that. And I think uh, I'm going to say as uh, one who is uh, who is African-American, I'm not uh, in the LGBTQ community. Wait a minute. I, you're black. Yeah, I, sorry. at least Monday through Friday. It's a weekend yeah. sometimes, I, you know, I take I, a day off. I had some, no idea. I had no idea. But, uh, you know, but I believe f- firmly that um, 
We've got to be allies to each other. The black community has got to be an ally to the LGBTQ community and vice versa. LGBTQ community has to be an ally yes. to the black and brown communities. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, let's let's continue to work on that, man, because that's, that's, that's essential. And let's not let's not forget that there are members of the LGBTQ community who are black, too. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, I mean. And that's what I think oftentimes gets lost in this whole discussion about like, is that, you know, we all have one stake here, you know, because there are members as crossover intersectionality, whatever, you know, terminology you want to use. But I mean, it was John Lewis and John Lewis, the late John Lewis said this at um, my very first HRC gala that I went to in, um, in Atlanta. And he said, we are one people. We are one family. We all have a stake in this together. Um, and I don't know Amen. if you saw, and you know, Bayard Rustin. All right. Yes. We're talking about uh, Martin Luther King's right hand man That's was right. openly gay. And we're talking about in the 60s, man, mm -hmm. um, but helped lead the, 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 the marches in Washington, D.C., I believe, in 1963. I yeah. want to say, yeah, that's right. Um, he was but, the uh, he was the so architect. And we've you know all what? been there. You know, we've been fighting these same fights right. together for generations. And, so. and you know, Neil King caught a lot of flack for his credit. And you know, I'm, you know, I don't put Dr. King on some holier than thou pedestal. He was a man with frailties and failures, just like any other person. But to his credit, he did not. Um, allow the criticisms, and there were open criticisms of Bayard Rustin, right. according to what I've read in Taylor yep. Branch's books and other books. He did not let those criticisms dissuade him for the most part. For the most part, he stuck with Rustin and he relied on Rustin. And I think he tried to, to the degree that he could, for the most part, he tried to protect him, yep. uh, you know, from criticism. And that's, and that's to his credit. Absolutely. As um as uh, Fred Gray famously said of Martin Luther King Jr., he was okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why I, I'll never forget him telling me that one day. Right. Right. What, what did you what did you think when you saw him speak? Yeah, he was okay. He was okay. <laughs> really, I was here, Fred. He was, he was just okay. He was like, listen, the American League could talk, okay, but we had a lot of people who could talk. <laughs> so it was, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it was so great. Well, listen, um, you know, I'm, I'm here representing the white, bald headed, good looking male contingent. Uh, we're a small, husband, but influential right? group. Um, and, 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 I, you know, I just won't, I would just like it if everybody would stop being assholes. And, you know, I mean, really, that's my whole goal is to just not not run around being a jackass, you know. And and I think if we could we could reach that, we could, we could achieve another level in the state. Uh, but you know, it just seems as though there are going to be people who, who fight me on that tooth and nail. And um, and we've seen that this week. And, man, I, I, I do appreciate what you do. I appreciate you being there. Um, and, you know, and I know it's banging your head against the wall nine days out of 10. I, you know, and so, uh, I really appreciate, we, we do appreciate you taking time with us and to, to talk about these things. And, and hopefully, hopefully somewhere we're, we're reaching somebody and, and we'll, we'll make a difference along the way. So that's the best we can do. Yeah. Best we can do. Uh, 
All right. All right. That, that's, uh, that's it for us for right now. So, uh, Representative Neil Rafferty, uh, we'll, we'll come back in just a minute wrap this thing up. Alabama politics this week. Everybody, if you would uh, like an opportunity to interact with us here at uh, Alabama Politics this week, uh, we've got a great way for you to do that. Uh, shoot a question over to apwproducer at gmail.com. That's apwproducer at gmail.com. Anything about Alabama politics you want to know about, uh, I don't know, what, what everybody likes to drink or uh, where everybody likes to hang out or you know, whatever, whatever your question may be. Uh, what chances the Democrats might have uh, in the uh, the upcoming midterm elections? Uh, shoot us a question over at apwproducer at gmail.com. apwproducer at gmail.com. Thanks. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama politics this week. Uh, Josh Moon, Dave Person. Really appreciate uh, Representative Neil Rafferty joining us. Yeah, he's a great um, guest. Great guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is. He's good people. Uh, and find a good fight, man. It's got to be frustrating as hell to sit in there all day and have to sit through that. It's frustrating for me and and you, and I'm sure a lot of people around for just you know just uh, listening to the bits and pieces that we listen to or reading the stories about it and knowing what's kind of going on. But to actually have to mm-hmm. sit through hours upon hour of that uh, and then still watch as people do the wrong things for the wrong reasons. Um, yeah, it's just got to be, and on certain days, soul crushing, uh, because yeah. you know, especially, especially to be, in, you know, a part of the community that he's a part of mm-hmm. and, um, you know, to know that some of the actions that they're taking are going to harm people that, that you care about a lot, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that, that, you know, that, you know, personally, you know, and, uh, it adds a whole different perspective, I think, to things and, and it's, uh. Yeah, I really appreciate what he does and uh, appreciate sure. him, you know, coming on, spending some time with us. And uh, uh, very nice of him. Um, before we move forward, because, you know, I, I'm on a roll of not forgetting to do this. If you have a question or comment, uh, have a suggestion or anything, send us an email. APWproducer uh, at gmail.com. That's APWproducer at gmail.com. So um, that'll go right to our producer uh, who, you know. Really likes it when I say W that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So we talked a little bit about uh, what went on. Uh, and Well, we talked a lot about what went on <laughs> with uh, with Representative Rafferty uh, in the legislature. But, you know, I um, – it, it's – what happened, I you know, I – the transgender bathroom bill is is absurd. I mean, it's the, the yeah. whole concept of the thing is is absurd. The um, the gun bill. I mean, the permitless carry. I mean, come on, you know. But to me, I'm not sure if the most hateful thing that was passed this last week was not the anti riot bill. Um, and because it is so targeted towards uh, the protest over George Floyd. Um, It is so misguided in what it does. Uh, It is so, it gives so much authority to police. And if you are a citizen of Huntsville, I think we can, even uh, conservatives at this point can attest to how dangerous that can be. 
um, because we all saw those protests a couple of uh, summers back uh, yeah. that were uh, where the violence was 100 uh, percent uh, started by the police department there. Um, and, you know, I, I just. This bill, it redefined what a riot was, it was five or more people who have been told to leave by police. That's a riot. In Alabama now, or mm. well, it will be if it's passed by the by the Senate and signed by the governor. Mm. But uh, but under the House, you know, the House, the, the bill, the House passed. Mm. Um, five or more people that have been told to disperse by police constitute a riot. That's wow. You know, um, you you can be if you are. I just put it like this: if every single person that was in the vicinity of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, not in it, not necessarily in it. Everybody mm-hmm. in it, of course, is going to jail. But everybody on the grounds, everybody that was at the Trump speech earlier that day, all of those people under this law could be arrested, put in jail for 30 days, minimum 30 days, charged to uh, uh, fines that cover the cost of repairs or for injury sustained by any person and all people and all uh, damage that was done. You got to pay for it all. Hmm. So that, the goal of that is to squash what is an absolute constitutional right. All right. That's right. That's all it is, is a goal to squash your and it doesn't black, white. It doesn't matter uh, because we've seen protests from from both. And we all know that when there are protests like this and emotions run high, there'll be a knucklehead or two out there that does something stupid. Uh, sometimes there'll be people that are plants in a crowd just to get people arrested. We've seen videos of these guys ro- rolling around, breaking windows at places and then had them ID later uh, as former law enforcement officers. Um, but, you know, I, I can show mm-hmm. you one right now, but it's so those things happen. Um, and, you know, to then say we're going to be able now to arrest, uh, detain for 48 hours uh, convict and in prison for 30 days and charge tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines to these people and ruin their lives. Cause that's what it's going to do. And this was, listen, man, this is not new. This is not new. Yeah. This is, this is Jim Crow right out of the Jim Crow playbook. This is what they did back in the fifties and sixties to squash protests at that time. Um, they, they sought stiffer jail sentences. They sought to ruin the lives uh, of of black protesters and of white protesters that came to protest with the black people. It mm-hmm. was, they did these exact same things and it, you know, watching that go down, it, it is, um, I, I, did you happen to see the video of, of Chris, the, I think the democratic party put it out and I retweeted it, put it on my Facebook page. Uh, it was of Chris England, just annihilating them and the hearing about the, the committee hearing about this bill. I didn't um, see Chris, but I know, but, but of course, knowing Chris, I'm sure he tore them a new one though. <laughs> they didn't know what was in it. They didn't know who wow. he kept saying, uh, d- can you, can you explain to me what this does? And the, the stringer, uh, Shane Stringer, who's a former, a former deputy, uh, up for God's sakes, couldn't mm-hmm. tell him what was in, what it did. They didn't know what was in the bill. They could mm-hmm. not tell him what it did and how it worked. And he kept saying, well, Guys, I don't I don't think we should pass something that we don't know what it does. Uh, in uh, and, and then they had 
uh, Mike Jones, who's, God, uh, come in to try to help them. He's a judge. He couldn't help them either. He couldn't help them explain it any better. As a matter of fact, was was more was sided more with England on, on what was taking place, and and said, you know, and when he left, England was like, guys. Uh, matter of fact, another Republican on the committee said, I don't know what we're doing here. What what do we how how can the how can we be talking about this for months? Uh, and and we have a judge and we have a prosecutor uh, here, and and nobody can tell you what's in it. And and now you want us to vote on this and pass this? This is terrible. What are y'all doing? Uh, I mean, it is. Uh, it so, was insane. So you know, yeah, it is insane, and 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 of course, just from what I know of of the bill, you know, I agree with your assessment of it. But my, but now my question is, I was gonna, I was gonna talk about the, uh, you know, the constitutional problems with it and the political problems with it and how it's probably going to be overturned because I would assume the ACLU and, yeah. and, and Appleseed and some other entities are going to file a lawsuit probably the day after it passes. But, but, but let me ask you this, Let, let's talk about the, 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 the higher tier political processes that are involved here. Mm-hmm. If you've got lower, if you've got Republican elected Republican representatives who are going, wait a minute, hold up. I don't know what's in this. Why are we even moving forward with this? Why are we trying to pass this vote on it and pass it? Then you've got then to me that begs the question, who is behind this bill? Who is pushing it in the state of Alabama? And and did it actually even originate in the state of Alabama? Oh, no, no. And they said, matter of fact, they said they say in this video that uh, this bill came from Arizona um, and okay. and that you know, Arizona passed a similar bill. And so and it was a copy of that bill. And one of the uh, uh, the representatives in the meeting said, you know, so we're Arizona now. We're just copying what Arizona does. And, and it's just all of this goes back to gerrymander. All right. Because the, these sorts of things come from conservative think tanks. And I think think a conservative think tank is an oxymoron if there ever was one. Uh, but um, they come out of those, out of those and they're handed down to people as red meat for very conservative voting bases. And they're particularly appealing to our group of morons uh, on the far right edge of things uh, in our legislature, because we have maps that are so gerrymandered to hell in there that right now, all they're appealing to are the far right wing because if you can you can get that far right wing rabid base out there, you're going to win your primary. And because those districts are so gerrymandered, you're not going to face any real opposition from a Democrat that's going to have a chance. So all you've got to do is beat that other Republican that might primary you. And if you can shore up that right wing nutcase base that you've got over there, then that's that's the way to do it. And so, so that's the reason why we keep seeing dumb shit like this. So then that 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 says to me, Josh, that this is coming not even from the Speaker of the House or from the Senate Majority Leader. This is coming from the Alabama Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And the that's Alabama exactly who it's coming from. Mm-hmm. That's so exactly who it's coming from. Right. And uh, and I'll say this, uh-huh. your current Speaker of the House, Mac McCutcheon, who is vying uh, and is going to be more than likely appointed to the Madison County Commission uh, coming up, um, which 
I don't understand at all how he can do this and then expect that he's going to be well-received on that commission, which is one of the more progressive uh, in the state. I understand there were some problems with, you know, the removing the monument and some other things along the way. But I would say uh, in total, you're still looking at one of the more progressive county commissions in the state uh, to think that this guy is now going to be appointed to that with this as his uh, going out party because he allowed this calendar, that calendar that we talked about with, with Rafferty. It, I mean, it's, Atrocious. Atrocious. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. That's an that's an interesting point. And I guess I I see the Madison County Commission maybe maybe I view it a little more harshly than you do. But mm-hmm. that is but but that's interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an open mind on that and see where he lands and how that how that flows based on on your assessment. Uh, but 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 I guess what I I'm seeing here is that. Um, Josh, if the Republican Party in Alabama is doing this, they're doing this as part of a larger plan, basically, which is what I think you're alluding to. And of course, we know that Alec is, mm-hmm. and that's the uh, the uh, American Legislative Exchange Commission yes. or whatever it is. Yeah, Committee, yeah I can't Commission. remember I can't. The, the exact. I know it's an acronym for something, but I just can't remember what the acronym's for. So, well, I mean, yeah. I would say it's an acronym for evil, basically. Yes, it is. Yes, you know, it is. because Alec is the Alec is the entity that gave us the infamous HB fifty six. Mm-hmm. Alec uh, is responsible for the dissemination of a lot of these divisive, prejudiced, bigoted kinds of legislations that target historically disenfranchised minorities, and this sounds like. Uh, uh, you know, another example of that. Yeah, no, it is. Um, you know, it's uh, it, to me what ought, what should irritate everybody, or well, most people, the majority of people in the state is uh, is right now we have a group of people who are not governing for the majority. Mm-hmm. Um, you you can say, well, they're Republicans in there, but they're not. You know, this these. Most of these things are not issues that Republicans care about. Um, you know, they're just not, they're, you know, the average, you know, moderate, even semi-moderate Republican doesn't give a shit about a bathroom bill. You know, they're not worried about that. They're not talking about a bathroom bill. They're not talking about the riots. They're not talking mm-hmm. about, you know, uh, the, these things. That they're not worried about getting more guns on the street to people. This is not things that they care about. When that when police came out against that, uh, the, uh, the permitless carry bill, the, most Republicans said, well, they got a point. You know, we should probably drop that. Uh, you know, that, but that's not who they're governing for. They're not. They're governing for a thin slice of this state that they can count on to come out in these Republican primaries and push them over the edge. That's why abortion is a, still a huge issue here, even though when you poll it, it's roughly 50-50 of whether or not it, Roe v. Wade ought to be struck down. As a matter of fact, in a lot of cases, it, uh, you know, if people were truthful, they believe, it would uh, Roe v. Wade would probably win out, uh, even yeah. in this state. And so it's that's what gerrymandering gets you, uh, you know, and I saw I, I saw today that Pennsylvania, a court of the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania had chosen the democratically drawn maps over the Republican map. And, you know, and I was, was going to say that's no better. You know, you just further in the thing. Everybody should pick a commission. Mm-hmm. You should pick a commission. You should uh, formulate this commission as fairly as possible. 
And you should allow that commission to draw your maps every 10 years when the census comes out. Base it on on hard data uh, that you can define and stop this nonsense and give people fair elections on stuff. And Because if you don't, this is what you end up with, either one way or the other. You're going to end up with, with stuff that does not appeal to the majority of the population. And, and it's, it's wrong no matter which way you go with it. Um, but it's just, you know. I, yeah, this you're, you're exactly right about that. We got to move away from and I And I'm saying this as a partisan, yeah. as, a, as a partisan, as an ideologue. We have got to move away from uh, when it comes to essential rights, voting. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and the alignment, you know, how, how voting districts are configured, we've got to, we've got to establish nonpartisan parameters. It shouldn't be about who the dominant party is, Democrat or Republican. It should be about what's fair and what represents the state best, what gives the state the best opportunity to have a fair, just voting system, period. A hundred percent, because if you don't, what you end up with are things like uh, what has been done by this week's right-wing note of the week. Um, <laughs> uh, and our right-wing note of the week is, is Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Yeah. And, um, Lord have mercy. Yeah. Uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott is calling on licensed professionals and members of the general public to report the parents of transgender minors to state authorities if it appears the minors are receiving gender-affirming medical care. So essentially, I know, right? Right? We're going to start sending in government agents into people's homes. Um, And, um, you know, I've seen a lot of things that are, I, I mean, that... That's very in the in the words of uh, our our friend from Georgia. Uh, that's very gazpacho like, um, and you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just every time I hear that, uh, it just makes me laugh. Just, this is such a serious topic. I'm, I apologize for laughing. I, I, I know. I, listen, you said I, gazpacho. I made a joke. I just, I understand. That's funny. Uh, it is. It, it, yeah. You know, but it, if you don't laugh at it, man, you go insane. You know, you really, you would. I mean, because these people are insane. They really are insane. And I, I just, I, I just, man, I can't. What are you doing? You know, yeah. these attacks on these kids, they're so, my God, you know, and, man, they, you're trading out their lives very seriously. You're trading their lives for votes and political pandering. That's what you're doing. You're trading their lives for this. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And I would also add that it's antithetical to the very things they say they believe as conservatives. Yes. You know, you say you're pro-family. You know, you say that parents need to have, you know, uh, uh, unfettered, you know, control over their children without government intervention. But the very thing you're doing is the, is the, is the embodiment of governmental intervention. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're not going to find a more heinous, uh, I want to say Gestapo, but what is the? How does she pronounce it? <laughs> gazpacho, man, it's gazpacho. gazpacho. Yeah, the soup. Yeah, soup like yeah. you're you not going to have soup. more really soup like. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to have a more seriously. You're not going to have a more Gestapo like act than mm-hmm. what than than what they're talking about. It's just well, weird. listen, just remember, it's the Republican motto now or the Republican agenda that you should have complete control over your child's public education. But no control over your child's health care decisions. So um, that's, you know, 
That's what Unless we're doing. You're preventing them from having abortions uh, or wearing a mask or wearing a mask. Yeah. 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 All right. I mean, I hate to keep leaving people on these sad notes, but, uh, you know, but it's, this uh, is, maybe it'll wake people up. Maybe it'll fire so. them up. God, I hope so. I wish people would take a look at what's going on around here and do something about it. But, you know, this is the life we lead. All right. Till next week, y'all be safe out there. Peace.